0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Sanguine Yet Cynical with me, Jay Gardner, a podcast where we discuss contemporary issues with guests and come up with solutions on how to solve them. Today, I spoke to Malcolm, who's a Black Class Matter advocate and self-proclaimed Black Panther disciple about how racism is still rife in modern-day America.
1: It's probably as bad as it's been since uh, right before the Civil War. Yeah, things seem to have gotten worse and not better, and... Uh... Trump sort of tapped into that and inflamed and, and the
0: situation. In what kind of ways would you say it's gotten worse? Uh, he's made, he's
1: emboldened the racists to do, to act out and even
0: violently act out what they believe the world should be. Would you say that white supremacy has increased in, in recent years then?
1: Oh, uh, yes, it has because they, they've been able to come out of the shadows. You see, during the civil rights movement, they wore hoods, they, mm. they wore sheets, and you know. But now that they're out in the open, and the civil rights movement sort of made them go into the shadows, and MLK made people you know ashamed to admit to being racist publicly. But now Trump gave them that pride again, and they're 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 outward
0: with it. And what kind of things would you say are happening to? African-Americans in today's society?
1: I've I've had more incidents of people, you know, boldly, you know, putting their racism on display, you know, whispering things like, you don't belong here, you know, whereas you wouldn't have probably heard that before. You probably just would have gotten the looks and, and, you know, little subtle things like that. And when they get in crowds is when this really manifests itself and it really gets bad.
0: The murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis last year at the hands of the police led to outcry across the United States concerning police brutality and their treatment of African-Americans. Practice could be seen not just domestically, but all around the world, as racism by the police was highlighted and criticised, an issue which Malcolm believes can be traced back to slavery.
1: Oh, it's, 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 deeply, it's deeply entrenched within the culture of, of policing in the United States. I mean, my own personal experience, I mean, I first had my ass kicked by a cop when I was 14. You know, for for dribbling a basketball while he was talking, he punched me in my stomach, and it's just something that was always ingrained within the society. It, it it's actually, you know, it extends from slave slave catching to police uh, to policing in America. There's a direct link there.
0: Would you say you've had any other experiences of of racism in your life to do with policing or just any other uh, parts of life?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I mean when I was a teenager, I mean, just riding around with two or more black men in a car, we could pull over for absolutely no reason. You know, and they'd make up some reason, oh, your tail lights out. Oh, my tail light's not out. Oh, it looked that way from where we were uh, sitting and we so we pulled you over. Searched the car with, with no probable cause. And it it was really bad. It's gotten it's it's not as bad as that now as far as policing because they put in measures to to stop cops from doing that sort of blatant racism. But it's still there. You can still feel the undercurrent very strongly. Do you, do you feel unsafe
0: being a black man in in California?
1: Uh, yeah, I do at times. I, yeah, I mean, anytime I'm, I'm in the presence of cops, I, I do have an eerie feeling. You know, it's just, it's, it's within me. It's, 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 it's implicit within me now because of my experience in living here.
0: Malcolm has been heavily influenced by those who came before him, especially the Black Panthers which were a political organization founded in Malcolm's hometown of Oakland, California, and were most prominent during the 1970s. Members of this organization would copwatch and challenge police brutality in their city. Membership dwindled in the 1980s, and the Black Panthers faded away from the public eye. Despite the group's impact, Malcolm believes they couldn't thrive in modern America.
1: I would love, I would love to sort of get a movement together, but I mean, a lot of what they did couldn't be replicated because of, you know, the FBI response. People sort of fear going that far you know
0: being that far out with, with with their activism so do you think that it's, it's unrealistic for there to be a, a second wave of the black panther movement uh, probably it wouldn't be able to be replicated
1: exactly how it was but there has to be some blm is sort of a, a an offshoot of the black panthers okay. and, and 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 they're smart in that they're not appointing any central leadership, because that was the downfall of the Panthers. Once, we appointed lead, once they appointed leaders, the government, you know, knew who to go after. It put, it, had, it put targets on their back and they
0: were able to infiltrate the movement. Would you say that BLM in its current state is doing enough to try and eradicate these kind of problems that you've explained? Uh,
1: yeah, they're doing what they can. I mean, it, it's tough with no, you know, real spokesperson or, or no central leadership. And, and and there's always gonna be the resistance of, of you know the establishment. But uh yeah, they're doing what they can. We I, I credit BLM for changing the conversation. And and whereas we never would have seen cops charged before, sometimes we do see them at least charged now. Whether we get a conviction all the time is a different story, but at least we see charges brought
0: when, when cops, you know, in most case in some cases, not in all. So do you think that a leader such as whereas in the past there was Martin Luther King or there was Malcolm X. Do you think BLM needs a focal point, a leader to really help to drive change?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now that there's, uh, so there's people, BLM activists within the Congress, I think that's going to make a, a big difference. We have, a uh, Cori Bush who was just elected to Congress. She was just sworn in recently last week. And, uh, Jamal Bowman from New York state. He's another one. And, uh, So yeah, just having that voice in the Congress, it's it's gonna help a lot. Nobody has done more for the black community than Donald Trump. And if you look, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln, possible exception, but
0: the exception of Abraham Lincoln, nobody has done what I've done. Donald Trump was one of the most divisive figures in modern political history. BLM supporters, including Malcolm, have argued that his entire presidency was built upon racism and that very little was done to improve living standards for African-Americans.
1: He hasn't done anything. Everything he's done has been for show, superficial, had no real results. And uh, yeah, he, he's been he's been scapegoating black people to rally white voters the entire time he's been in politics. I mean, he got into politics by denying that Obama was even born in the United States. so. That tells you, you know, how ridiculous that that statement is.
0: So, as a as a black man yourself, can can you feel, or have you been able to feel that there's been a definite increase in racism since Donald Trump became the president? It,
1: it's the, yes. that they're more outspoken. That, that that's where I, the the mm-hmm. most glaring example I can come up with. You know, things that used to not happen, like. You see all the incidents with white women, you know, falsely accusing black men of things. Mm. And you know, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of the term Karen, you yep. know, which describes, you know, an entitled white woman. Who, you know, you see a lot more Karen incidents now. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's gotten worse. So you think sort of little things like microaggressions are rising. Right, right. And all of that stuff manifests itself with with, what we saw happen with the Capitol riots on January 6th. All this heated rhetoric and flame rhetoric that that, that Trump has has brought along, Trump and his minions, has led people to, they've radicalized people to the point of violence.
0: How bad do you think January 6th would have been if it was a BLM protest rather than a Donald Trump protest?
1: the response that you would have saw was like you're seeing now at Capitol Hill and there would have been blood all over the streets had, had Black people tried to storm the Capitol grounds. There would have been a massacre right then and there. No judge, no jury, you know, right then and there, Black people would have been killed. I mean, and I mean, we can just see how disproportionate the response was and I mean, because some cops are, sympath- are sympathetic to that point of view, to that white supremacist worldview. So, you know, that. They're brothers in that, in, that, in that struggle. So, yeah, they let them right in.
0: So do you think there's enough black policemen and women in, in America? And do you think that encouraging more diversity within the police force would discourage racism by the police? Uh, not
1: necessarily. It, it's the whole culture of policing that is, that is rotten. I mean, you know, once you become a cop, you, you become an enforcer of a racist system. So it's really hard to, you know, even from within the system, change it because they're part, they're, they have to police race it. They have to enforce white supremacy is really what their job is, you know, behind subtextually is what their job is. It's to enforce this caste system that we have here in the United States.
0: So how would you say that the United States should attempt to tackle that and try to get rid of that kind of idea honestly?
1: I think there has to be uh civilian oversight. You know, I mean, we can't allow them to continue to police themselves. I mean, you know, even having prosecutors go after cop, you know, to have to be the one to persecute cops is wrong because they often have to work with cops so that, you know, they sort of have a ancestral relationship, so to speak. So yes, we need civilian oversight and uh, we need, definitely need body cameras. And I wish we had what you all have in, in Britain, which is CCTV. And That would make it, you know everything would be out there. So that, that's that's my that's my personal solutions.
0: You mentioned Britain there, and as someone who lives in London, I very very rarely see a policeman who's armed. Do you think that greater arms reductions amongst the population and amongst the police would help to solve this problem?
1: Truthfully, yes. I mean, the police, when they have to go out and do their job, they are outgunned because there's the, such the weaponry that the civilians have is is, is so massive. So. Yeah, yeah. We definitely need, you know, sensible gun laws for the citizenry as well as, you know, for the police.
0: Was there any other sort of areas of society or any other things that the U.S. society as a whole could do to try and tackle the problem of racism?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. We need more diversity in in leadership. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, not just in the Congress, I mean, but, uh, you know, with, with, with regard to school, with education with everything, because I mean, the issue of race totally permeates our society. In, our, in American society, you can find racism anywhere you look for it. So the entire system needs a whole overall and it needs more diversity to, uh, to understand more people's perspectives.
0: Penultimately, do you think as well, social media has helped or hindered the quest for equality?
1: Uh, I think it's hindered it because it allows people to get to live in a world of siloed information where they're listening to things that will just reaffirm their opinion, whereas they're having their belief system challenged. And, and we need to do something about this information to rein it in. And, and there's so much of it out there on social media that people, people just don't know what to believe, don't know what the truth is. And it's hard to govern
0: ourselves if we can't agree on what's factual. So, would you like to see maybe tougher sentencing on people who spread? false information on social media.
1: i would like to see them sanction them. You know, you know, suspend their accounts. I mean social media companies are, are private in, are private companies, so they, they can sanction people who, you know, whoever they want. They can sanction whoever they want. So yes, by all means they should uh, sanction people who promote disinformation or at least flag it and say, you know, this this is challenged. This is factually challenged.
0: After a prolonged and controversial election period, Joe Biden was finally announced as Donald Trump's successor in January 2021, promising sweeping reforms across the United States. Malcolm, like so many other Americans, is hoping to see changes which will benefit minority groups in the fight against racism.
1: I'd like to see a DOJ enforcing the rule of law and going after cops on civil rights charges when, when they can't get the local authorities to the local courts to convict these people. Mm hmm. And I'd also like to see a reparations package for African Americans.
0: What would be in in that reparations package?
1: Uh, well, it has to be worked out. But some of the things I had in mind was maybe uh, a lifetime exemption from federal income taxes for descendants of slaves, or maybe free college or trade school, whichever you choose, along with grants to you know to support yourself while you're getting your education. Just little things like that would begin to turn the tide to maybe within a couple of generations, we can get this thing in a better place.
0: Uh, do you think that they're realistic ideas? I mean, the fact that if there was to be some kind of uh, like an exempt, exemption of income tax for people who were descendants of slaves, do you think that kind of bill would be able to pass through say Congress? Or would Joe Biden even, even mention that kind of uh, legislation? Would be tough to get through Congress
1: with the uh, with the Republicans still having enough votes to you know basically block a lot of stuff. But the conversation is in a better place than it was say five years ago. I mean, you know, with all that's happened, and you know, the George Floyd incident was pretty much broke the broke the dam, and it, you know, people see okay, something has to be done here. And reparations is it's it's more of a discussion than it is now than it was five years ago is what i'm trying to say
0: was there any other uh areas you'd like to see joe biden tackle in terms of fighting for equality uh yeah yeah i'd like to see
1: him also uh as far as the education you know we got mm-hmm. to get the quality of education Now that's that's where it really all starts i mean you you go to public schools in white neighborhoods and you know they're, they're great schools and you go to public schools and Black neighborhoods and even Latino neighborhoods and they're terrible, I mean, so. Even funding across the board is, is is also another place they need to start.
0: So further investment into Black communities and other minority communities to give minority children a, a greater chance in life to have the same number of opportunities as their white counterparts. Yes, indeed. I'd like to say a big thank you to Malcolm for sharing his experiences and being such a fascinating interviewee. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and goodbye.